Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're going to spend our time again in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. This will eventually take us into Matthew chapter 7, so this sermon by Jesus is going to be our norm for several weeks to come. There's a lot here. Well, today, Jesus begins exposing the hypocrisy in the hearts of the Pharisees. And as he does, he exposes the same hypocrisy in my own heart. And if you're going to be honest, yours too. Just as Jesus knew that his audience was quite familiar with the commandment, you shall not murder, I know you are familiar with it too. Now it's likely that 99 to 100% of you have never committed murder. So we can just move on, right? Nothing more for us to look at here. Well, that was the attitude of the religious people of Jesus' day too. But Jesus recognized a problem with that attitude. It's too shallow. It doesn't grasp the nature of murder that resides in our own hearts, even if we never come close to committing it outright. I can imagine as Jesus spoke, hundreds of proud eyes around him that thought they had this commandment nailed opened wide as they understood, and mouths quietly uttering, Oh, and that understanding that in their hearts, in my heart, resides a murder problem. What's the answer to this problem? Here is today's piece of the sermon entitled, Are You a Murderer? Uh, we come back to the Sermon on the Mount after a couple of weeks away, and we are entering a new section of the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, if you're not familiar with that. The introduction to the Sermon on the Mount is primarily the Beatitudes, which are uh, the blessings that Jesus describes, starting in chapter 5, verse 3. And then the introduction ends with chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. And Jesus says he will not, he didn't come to abolish the law, he came to fulfill it all, and not a, a, the tiniest piece of it will pass until all is fulfilled. And you have to keep in mind as you read this sermon the, the time and the place and the circumstance. The Pharisees were the religious leaders of the Jews of Jesus' day, along with their scholarly wing, the, the scribes. They were theological, ultra-conservative, ultra-legalistic ones. They believed that they, from themselves, generated righteousness before God. And Jesus knows that they are in the audience he knows that this huge crowd that had come there during the height of his popularity in Galilee, that they were all under the influence of the Pharisees who controlled the training of the rabbis and controlled, therefore, what was taught in the, in the, in the synagogues. And he declared that their nitpicking, man-made spiritual rules and regulations completely missed the point of how to be righteous. The summary of the introduction to this sermon 
also is the theme statement of the sermon. And we saw that in chapter 5, verse 20. Jesus says, For I say to you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. The Pharisees and the scribes held themselves out as the epitome of righteousness. And Jesus says, if you think they're righteous, I want you to know you're not getting past the front porch of heaven unless you have something that radically surpasses anything that they're capable of. So that's the theme. Now, for the rest of what we call chapter 5, verses 21 through 48, it's a series of of six or seven examples, depending on how you count them. Um, I think we're looking at one today. Some people say two, and you can probably get to heaven if you disagree with me about how to punctuate the Sermon on the Mount. But all of these illustrate what Jesus meant in verse 20. In each example, Jesus recites something from the Old Testament, and sometimes he includes an addition that was added by the scribes and Pharisees, and then he explains the true meaning which had been buried underneath the, the rigorous details and, and uh, self-righteousness that they had added onto the law of God. So today, the first subject that we're going to deal with is the subject of anger. Now, in these first, in these next several paragraphs here in the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to, we're not going to go super slowly. We're going to take each unit as it, as it comes. Prepare to be convicted because Jesus is going for your spiritual jugular, which is called the heart. This is the issue of anger. We're going to look at six verses today. Verses 21 and 22 is the issue of anger. And then 23 through 26 is the implications of the law. You've probably heard the story of little Johnny who kept always wanting to stand up from the dinner table instead of remaining seated when, when, until everyone else was finished and his parents were trying to teach him good manners. So dad says, Johnny, sit down. Johnny says, no. Dad says, Johnny, I said, sit down. Johnny said, I don't want to sit down. Dad says, you will sit down or I'll go get the paddle. Johnny sits down. And then Johnny says, I'm sitting on the outside, but in my heart, I'm standing up. My friends, we are Johnny. We know obeying on the outside while we're fuming on the inside, right? Anybody wearing a mask lately? Nothing more needs to be said. That little story captures what we've all felt many times in our lives. It's the basic idea that Jesus is going to teach in all of this series of examples. You can obey externally while maintaining a rotten heart attitude, being in rebellion. These illustrations all have the same formula. Jesus introduces every one of them with, you have heard the ancients were told, 
And then in each case, he, he refers to a, a well-known quotation out of the law. And as I said, sometimes he adds something that the Pharisees or scribes had said. And then he goes on to show that surpassing righteousness involves much more than mere outward observance of rules and regulations. He emphasized the true spirit of each of these precepts from the law uh, to offset the shallowness and the abuses that were the rule of the day in the spiritual life of Israel in the first century. Now, it's important to emphasize that Jesus was not bringing some new idea out of the blue. He, He wasn't making up new stuff. Remember what he had just said about fulfilling every detail of the law. He's not going to contradict himself in the next paragraph after that. He was calling back to, he was calling people back to the place where their leaders should have taken them in the first place. The law and the prophets, the, the composite, what we call Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, to them, the Scriptures, they spoke of the concept of a very vivid term, circumcision of the heart. That's a picturesque way of describing an inner reality from which outward obedience flows. God demands an inner reality of faith. The outward motions, if they don't come from a heart of genuine faith, a heart of genuine repentance, if, they don't, if your obedience doesn't spring from that, it's just a show, and it doesn't do you any good. Let me show you just a, a little um, quick spew of scriptures here. Jesus was not saying anything that wasn't in complete harmony with what they should have been taught already. Let's start with Leviticus 19.17. You're thinking, well, the book of Leviticus, if there's anyone in the Bible that's full of a whole bunch of details you have to keep, well, yeah, that would be Leviticus if he lived under the Old Covenant. That's where all the details are. But look what Leviticus 19.17 says. You shall not hate your fellow countrymen in your heart. You may surely reprove your neighbor, but shall not incur sin because of him. Or famous words, Psalm 19.14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Not just what I say, but the heart from which it comes. Both the words and the heart have to be right. Or other famous words from Psalms, Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. That's the... That's the statement of faith. God, deal with me in the real me, the inside. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. That's where to go with your anxiety. It's to cry out to God. God, uh, look at me. Help me figure out these anxious thoughts and bring them into conformity to your plan. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. Isaiah 29, 13, Isaiah said things like this a couple different places, and Jesus quoted one of them. Isaiah 29, 13 says, Then the Lord said, Because this people draw near me with their words and and honor me with their lip service, but they remove their hearts far from me 
and their reverence for me consists of tradition learned by rote. Now, Isaiah had never met a Pharisee. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.